Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. All right. Every summer, my wife Christina and I, we join her family and our brother-in-law's family at the beach for a beach vacation. It's a whole group of people, and we spend the week laughing together. We spend the week uh, eating together, and we spend the week fighting together. It's just going to happen. There's always going to be a royal rumble. I'm usually the instigator, but uh, there's always going to be that royal rumble. And it's a sermon illustration jackpot. And that's really why I go to the beach each year with her family and with her brother-in-law's family and 30 other random people. Because it is a jackpot of stories. And really, Christina and I, we we do love going because we love spending time with our family, no matter how stressful or elbow drops there are off of uh, the top stair onto someone's head. Even when uh, the house, though, is right there on the beach, one of the most complicated and one of the most difficult things that uh, happens during the week is actually getting to the beach. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's actually getting everything down there. The simple act of getting down to the beach is the most difficult thing of the entire uh, vacation. Now, for those of you who have children, you're nodding your heads right now. Right? You know what I'm talking about. And if you have nieces and nephews like Christina and I do, right, you know what going down to the beach really means. Right? It's not just putting on your, your swimsuit and, and kicking on your flip-flops and taking a stroll down the boardwalk. Right? It's not that simple. Right? It's a little bit more complicated than just that. Uh, really, right? You have to bring the entire beach house with you. That's what it seems like, right? You have to bring the entire beach house with you on your back, right? You need need drinks for the kids, right? You need drinks for the adults, right? Wink, wink, right? Right? You need need a chair for every person who may stop by, right? And for us, in our case, that's approximately like 300 chairs, right? Because it's not just one beach house, really. It's usually like a, a half of a street of them with all the people that are staying, and then because uh, my wife and I are, are pretty close at being see-through in color, right, our natural state, um, you bring like truckloads of sunscreen, you need an umbrella, you, you, need, um, you need towels, and you just need all this stuff, right? We bring, a, we bring a Bluetooth speaker because we're those people at the beach, right? right? And then you bring the inflatables, right, the, the inflatables that I have to blow up and because she likes to, she's laughing because she likes to sit for hours in the ocean with her sister, just bobbing, talking, right? And don't even get me restart, like, started on the requirement of all the toys, right? Does one kid need four different sizes of plastic shovels, right? It's just a lot. You got to bring the whole left side of the house down to the beach. And this is what I look like every year, right? I mean, that's what we look like, right? You guys, all the dads out there, all the uncles out there, you guys know what I'm talking about. Moms, you know what I'm talking about, right? You look like that. And while one day I was in mid-carry, like looking like this, right? And I hear the cries of my sweet niece, Annie. 
Right? She, she just starts crying out, and, and as I'm huffing and I'm puffing and I'm, I'm carrying this stuff, which is heavy, I stopped and I turned to see my niece kind of standing on the smallest little bit of shade that she can find. And she's crying out, and I quote, the sand is hot. Right? The sand is hot. And I looked down at her feet, and while we remembered to bring truckloads of stuff, we forgot to make sure Annie had her flip-flops on, right? I, in my defense, she was old enough to remember, right? <laughs> but we remembered everything but her little flip-flops, and with that little look on her face, how could I not help her? So I trudged on over with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of stuff, right? And I kicked off my flip-flops, and I said, here, take these, and she, she had a smile on her face. She put them on, and she skipped on her way down to the beach. Now, here's the thing, right? Uh, the, the sand was, in fact, really, really, really hot, right? And I no longer have my own flip-flops, right? I was, I was doing this dance on the hot sand. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, you're trying to keep your feet off the ground as much as you can, and you're weighed down by all the beach necessities, and, and you're hopping, and you finally get to that chosen spot, which is just too far away. Like, you can't sit right in front of the house. You got to sit hundreds of yards down the beach, right? And I, when we get there, I just drop everything, and I run to the ocean, and I cool off my feet. I was almost mad at Annie until she runs over to me and she says, thank you, let's go play, right? She has a, a smile on her face. Her, her laughter made everything worth it and her excitement made everything worth it, right? Her, her smile and her laughs was worth the sacrifice of my flip-flops and the skin right, that was peeling off the bottom of my feet. Now, sacrifice, all right? Uh-oh, <laughs> Right? That, that's, that's right, right? That's what we're talking about today. Sacrifice. It's like a dun-dun-dun, right? Whenever a preacher brings up that word. And I would be willing to bet a million dollars. I would be willing to bet a million dollars that not a single person that is here today or who's watching online said, man, I hope when I get to church or when I log in, I hope Andrew talks about sacrifice, right? That would just make my weekend, right? <laughs> No one, no one said that. No one thought that when they got up this morning. And no one thought, I just love sacrificing so much, right? So you all owe me a million dollars on the way out, right? right? Most of you are already in your head thinking, well, this Sunday morning is just going to be a bust, right? But let me do something really quick. Let me, let me, let me prove something to all of us here, right? Even if you're, you're watching online, do this with me, Okay. Right, by show of hands, how many of us, how many of you feel like you have more to do each day than there's time in the day? Right? That you have more to do than, than there is time in the day. Now, now, that's mostly everybody in this room. And, and online, you can put a comment up, type that in there. And if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably not paying attention or you're lying, right? <laughs> right? So, so it's pretty much everybody. All right, now, now how about this, right? How many of you uh, have more things in your life or things that you want to do or travel to, uh, things you want to purchase, than you have money to do or time or resources to purchase them or to travel to, right? Yeah, right? 
yeah, we, there's places we want to go that probably don't have the resources to get to or things we want to buy that, you know, I drive a Ford EcoSport. You know, I'm, a Mustang would be better, right? Who knows, right? Now, here's an easy one. How many of you just feel like you're just too busy? You're just too busy. Let me see your hands, right? Yeah, you're just too busy, all right? There's stuff going on. Now, why do I ask these questions? Well, if you're answered yes to any of them, or if you typed it in, I don't know how you're raising your hand online, then every day you're choosing to do, purchase, or, or take care of one thing at the expense of something else, all right? You're choosing to do, or purchase, or take care of something at the expense of, of something else in your life. So spoiler alert, right? Here, here's the point. You're already sacrificing something every day, right? We're already doing it. You're already masters of sacrifice, and we hate it, right? We hate it, right? I get it. Asking, asking most people uh, to sacrifice is, liking, uh, is like asking a cat to, to take a bath, Right? It's just hard. It's difficult. It's a little weird, right? Or asking the college football playoff committee to actually get their rankings right, right? It's just not going to happen, right? Michigan State's still at number seven, right? Come on. Now, look, to illustrate this, there's an old preacher story, and I love old preacher stories, and I usually steal them from my dad, right, because he's an old preacher, and this is a great illustration of this concept, right? It starts out like this. Once upon a time, that's how you know it's going to be an old preacher story, right? Once upon a time, a pig and a chicken were walking down a village street, and they came up on a church, right? They came up on a church which was advertising a bazaar and a breakfast. Now, I don't know what a bazaar is, but they're advertising a bazaar and a breakfast which was going to be held in a few days, And at the bottom of the sign, the menu for the breakfast was given. It read, ham and eggs will be served from 6.30 to 8 o'clock a.m. Don't worry, we're never going to have a breakfast that early here at the foundry. (laughs) 6.30 to 8 a.m., there's going to be breakfast served, right? Ham and eggs. Now, the chicken, the chicken walked over to the pig and said, see, even we can help make a difference in the work of the church. Well... Yes, said the pig, but yours is only a contribution, right? And we know where this is going. Mine, the pig, is a sacrifice, right? Sacrifice. Listen, guys, I know that sacrifice is a little bit uncomfortable. And for some of us, it's even a little painful. And I know that almost every message we hear in today's world Right? Every commercial that we watch, every, every billboard that we start to see, right? every Instagram influencer or, or movie star that we see, every online BuzzFeed quiz that we take or go down that rabbit hole, right, tells us one thing, to be fully fulfilled in life. Right? To be fully fulfilled in life, we must do whatever it takes to make ourselves happy. Hey, we, we got to do what it takes to make ourselves happy. We, we, we see things that says, if it makes you feel good, then just do it, right? If it brings you joy, then it's right, do it, right? If at the end of the day you like it, everyone else be damned, do it, 
right? Pursue whatever you desire the most because you can have it all. That's what we hear. You can have it all. That's what we hear over and over again. That's what we kind of do in our own lives, right? But for those of us who've maybe taken a few trips around the sun, some of us, I'm looking out here a little more than others, right? A few trips around the sun, we see that philosophy in life, and we know it's a lie. We know that it's just not... It's just not the way to live. It's just not the, the right thing to be pursuing. Right? So, so please write this down or take a picture of it. Right? You cannot have it all. Boom. Right? It's, a, it's a mic drop moment. I'm going to drop your mic there, Joshua. Right? Right? It's a big truth, right? It's mind-blowing information up here. You, you cannot have it all. But that's not what... The world is telling us. Hey, we, we are finite. We only have so much time. We only have so much energy. We only have so much uh, money. We cannot do everything. We cannot uh, be everything that we want to be. Right? So we have to choose. We have to, we have to sacrifice. Right? But, but here's the, uh, the question that we should be asking. Right? Look at this. Are we sacrificing the right thing? Are we sacrificing the right thing, right? That is the tension that we need to deal with. That's the onion that we need to peel this morning and get into the layers of it. If we have to sacrifice, and we already established that we already are, right? we're already sacrificing something in our lives, just by the nature of our schedules, right? So the question is, is am I making the right choice? Or better yet, the question is, is how do I choose? Right? How do I choose? And, and to answer that question this morning, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament to the 10th chapter. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. And you can take those with you, or if you're watching online and you want a Bible, you just put a comment up and we will send you one. But we're going to be in Mark, which is in the New Testament. You can go ahead and turn there, or you can download the Free Foundry Burke app that Paul mentioned earlier on. There's announcements on there, there's sign-ups on there, and there's also a Bible tab. You click the Bible tab, and it's already at Mark chapter 10 for you. So as you're turning there, let me just give a little bit of context. We find ourselves in a very similar situation as we did in last week's text and what we looked at last week, last Sunday, right? Jesus, he's been teaching, he's been doing his thing, he's been uh, going and traveling back and forth, teaching and teaching and teaching, and the crowds that are around him are starting to grow, starting to expand. Uh, the, the people that are just following him from one place to another is growing, and people have questions, and another person, just like last week, another person in this crowd that's following Jesus and listening to his teachings shouts out a question. And we're going to read that, that, that moment, that, that question, that situation here in, in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. So follow along with me. It says this, as, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. 
Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all those commandments since I was young. And looking at the man, Jesus, it says, felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now at this, it says, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Now, unlike last week, right, this guy's not airing his dirty laundry, his family's dirty laundry, in front of the entire crowd, right? He just has a, a simple question. Actually, he's, he's actually asking a pretty good question, right? Instead of airing the dirty laundry of his family, this man seems to come before God looking for a picture of, of true faith, a bigger picture of faith, and he's hoping to do more with the information that he gets, right? right? And let's just real quick take a look at this man, right? We, we know little about him except for, except for three things, right? We, we know, one, that he's rich, right? Number two, that he, he's young. And number three, we know, this is the only stuff we know about him, that he had some official position in the community in some way or the other, right? So he, he's rich, he's young, he has some kind of authority, right? If, if this guy was on The Bachelor, he would be getting a rose for sure, right? <laughs> He's going to get a rose, right? I'd probably give him a rose, right? All of this adds up to something really nice, right? A good bank account. Uh, the youth, right? The youth is on his side, which is uh, an asset, right? And while we don't know what this, this wealthy young man ruled, to be in a position to tell other people what to do, that's a pretty nice thing, right? So, so this is where he is. So he's sounding like he's doing pretty good in his life. Right? But he had probably heard, right? he probably heard the philosophy that he could have it all. Right? He probably started seeing those billboards and, and those commercials and those, those social media accounts that we see. Right? And, and he started realizing that he could have it all. He could have more. Right? And he wanted more. And that was the situation. Right? And so this is what I think happened. Right? I, I, I think this man took a look at his life. He looked at himself in the mirror, and he looked at his life, and he came to the conclusion that he had a problem, that there was some sort of situation in his life. Right? Although he enjoyed being rich, although he enjoyed being young and being as influential as he was, he realized that one day, sooner or later, it would all have to end. Right? Sooner or later, that it was all going to end. He was going to die one day, right? He wasn't going to be young. He wasn't going to be rich. He wasn't going to be in a position of authority. It was going to end. He was going to die. And when he died, he knew he wouldn't be rich, that he couldn't take his money with him into the next life. All right, look, look at this deep spiritual truth here. There are no pockets in our heavenly pants, all right? There's, all right, there's, there's no pockets in our heavenly pants, right? And as this guy thought about these facts of life, he probably said to himself, you know, there, there's only one solution to my problem. 
There's only one solution to the situation that I find myself in, and that would be to have life that would never end, eternal life. Right? And then, and then he heard about this new rabbi, this, this teacher that's roaming around and teaching, this, this, this rabbi, this, this teacher from Nazareth. And he heard that this guy was saying uh, things about the kingdom of God and offering eternal life to anyone who would follow him. Well, that's it, right? right that, that sounded good, eternal life, right? His awesome life did not have to end. He could go on being the social media influencer that he was or whatever the first century version of that was. And, and so he heard about Jesus and he ran to Jesus. He broke through the crowd and he threw himself on his knees in front of this rabbi from Nazareth, in front of Jesus, and said this in effect, I have a need and you have an answer. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Yo, teacher, I got a need and you got the answer. Tell me what I must do so that my life may not end. I can keep on going, keep on living. Oh, man. Right? Foundry Church, right? You see, that man thought that eternal life was just a matter of earning and deserving. A big problem, right? He thought eternal life that is offered to us through Jesus was just a matter of earning and deserving, of doing and getting. But Jesus' answer shows us differently. Right? You see, Jesus asked him about all that he's done so far. Right? He, he, he talks about the commandments, the Big Ten, right? The, the, the Ten Commandments. And, and the man, he's probably smiling and he's rubbing his hands together. And he's thinking to himself, oh, I got this eternal thing in the bag. I got this. He says, oh, those little old things? Man, I've kept those commandments since I was old enough to know what they were. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't committed adultery. I've, I've shown honor to my, my parents and on and on and on. So he thought he had this in the bag. And Jesus, and Jesus could have stopped him right there. Right? The whole conversation could have ended right at that moment. Because according to the Sermon on the Mount, right, the, the sermon that Jesus kind of started his ministry with, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and just a side note, if you want to know what Jesus thinks and how he thinks, read the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest, uninterrupted portion of Jesus speaking, right? right so, so because of the Sermon on the Mount, according to the, the, the true meaning of these commandments, which he kind of elaborates on in that sermon, no one can keep them all. So just the guy thinking, I got this. I, I've kept all those. He's in the wrong. Right? So Jesus could have ended it right there, but he doesn't, right? right? Jesus knew better, and instead of challenging uh, the man's fulfillment of the law, which Jesus had every right to do because he is our Lord, Jesus instead took him further down his own path, right? He basically said, so you want to find fulfillment? You want to find fulfillment and salvation by doing for God? Then here, do it all. <laughs> that's what he starts to say, right? Now, that sounds familiar, Foundry Church, doesn't it? Right? You can have it all, says the world. Right? You can, you can have it all. And here, Jesus reminds us that, well, if you want it all, then you have to do it all. And the rich young ruler bowed his head in sadness. 
right? He left. Right? He was willing to do anything for eternal life at the beginning of this story. He was willing to do anything for eternal life, but quickly the tides changed, right? He probably walked away singing that song, I would do anything for love, <laughs> but I won't do that, right? I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Now, all right, before we get on our high horse and we judge him too harshly, let's be a little honest with ourselves, shall we? Right? Right, church, if we're honest, I think most of us are walking through uh, this life like the rich young ruler. Um, okay, maybe, maybe you're, you're not rich. Maybe you're, you're not young, or, or maybe no one would ever think to put you in charge of something, right? But here's the truth. We're walking through life kind of gathering, aren't we? Storing and building up, everything up. Uh, we do what we want, not thinking of others, not, not thinking or forging our life on God. So therefore, we're, 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 we're forging our life on anything but him, so we're, we're selfish in that regard. Maybe even bullies to others in that regard. Because we think we can have it all, and we think we can do it all on our own power, and we're left, we're left feeling like we have too much to do and not enough time. Too much to do and not enough time. Too, too much to buy, too much to accomplish, and not enough money, or not enough resources, or just not enough, uh, enough whatever. So we're, we're overwhelmed with, with busyness. And then we have to make, like we said, some tough choices, right? Some, some tough sacrifices must be made. And like the rich young ruler, right? We find ourselves in situations over and over again where all the things we want seem to be standing at odds with each other. I mean, just think about it, right? For example, maybe you want to be the most successful and wealthiest person in your company. And that is not a bad thing. Right? It's not bad to, to work hard and to be successful and get a reward for that. But what if that is one of your goals and your other goal is you want to spend a lot of time with your, with your family and those desires, both good things, they start to kind of bump into each other. Right? They, they start to rub each other. They start to go head to head with each other. Right? This is going to have to be a choice. There's going to have to be some kind of sacrifice on one of those, Right? Or how about this, and not speaking from personal experience here, but maybe you desire to eat and drink whatever you want, whenever you want. But you also want to have good health, right, and have a long life, and, and those things start to kind of bump up, you know, against each other, kind of start, start rubbing heads with each other. Right, for real, that, that's where I am. Right? I want to be healthy for my family. I want to be healthy for you as, a, as your pastor. right? Or, or do I want the quick satisfaction of my taste buds? Right? Or maybe for you, you want your kids to grow into the kind and generous and Jesus-loving 
kingdom expanders that they are created to be members of society, successful members of society, but you also want your kid to be uh, popular or, or really good at this extracurricular activity or excellent at this extracurricular activity or sports. And so they, they, they miss church on Sunday. They, they, they miss having family dinners because you're never home together. And you only talk to them about their, their next practice or their next success or their next A on the report card. And you never talk to them about the kingdom of heaven and how we invest in those things over anything else. Two tensions, head to head, right? Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and said, you want this good thing, you want to be successful, you want to be in charge and good looking like the future pastor Andrew. Just kidding. But you also want eternal life. That's what he's saying. You want these things, but you also want this. Which one do you want more? Right? Now, now he, he does not say that you have to choose between one or the other. Uh, again, right? Be, being successful is not a sin. It doesn't say that he had to choose, right? Rather, he's saying you have to choose between your doing, right? He's not saying choose these, object, these, these exact objects, right? He's saying you got to choose between your doing and God's giving. That's, what he's, that's the choice that he's laying out in this story. Right, let, me, let me expound on that. Right? Jesus is trying to show this man that you want to be in charge of something that you were never in charge of in the first place. That's what he's saying to him. He, he's calling the man to sacrifice. And it's not just a sacrifice of money and, and financial resources. Sure, he used the man's money and wealth as an example. But what he was really asking the man to sacrifice was his power. Think about it. Right? He was asking the man and us in turn, look at this, right? Choose God's provision over your personal power. That's what it comes down to. Choosing God's provision over our personal power. You see, this man had climbed the ladder of success. He did it well. He was a good example of climbing a ladder. But the problem is, is that when he got to the top of the ladder, he realized it was leaning on the wrong building. Uh-oh. Right? He put his ladder up. He climbed it, but it was leaning on the wrong stinking building. He was leaning on his own power. This dude was forging his life on his own will, on his own purpose. Under his own power. Right? This man was living under the illusion that his success was primarily due to something that he had done. His own hard work. His own good looks. His own fill in the blank. But Foundry Church, listen, there, there's hope. Right? What did we learn last week? Everything good comes from God. Right? Everything good comes from God. Right? Every reward we have ever received was from a gracious God who loved us even when we did not deserve it. Right? So, so this rich young ruler should have come to Jesus and he should have said this, you have blessed me so abundantly, thank you. You have blessed me so abundantly, thank you. Period. Full stop. End of sentence. Right? Nothing else that should have been the cry of the rich man's heart when he fell at the feet of Jesus. You have blessed me. Thank you. But instead, he's living under his own power. 
forging his life on his own will. So he asks for more, for more. And sure, he, he's willing to work for it. But that proves Jesus' point even more. He wants more, but he wants the control of it. Now he, he wants the control of it. He wants the, the power of it. All right, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verses 24 through 26. says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You must take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul, he says. Right, Jesus is talking about sacrifice. Right, he's defining it for us here. Right? He says, right, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Right? Must deny themselves. Sacrifice something less important. And what's hard to understand is it might be something that's good. Right? But it's less important. So he's saying, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, sacrifice something less important, and take up their cross and follow me. Take up something more important, more powerful, more life-changing, more kingdom-minded, more, more influential in the kingdom of God. Right? That is how you live your best life. Right? Matthew 16, 20, 24 through 26, that's how you live your best life, right? Not on your power, not forged on you, but forged on God, his power, the ultimate power, the, the TNT dynamite power, right? right? The, the word for power in, in the New Testament is dino, dynamos, dynamos. Am I saying that right, Tyler? Say it louder. Dynamoose. All right. He got better grades in Greek. <clears throat> All right. Power. It's where, where we get dynamite from. TNT power. Power, right? God's power, not our power. This is, this is really why the rich young ruler went away sad. Because he was not willing to see the more important thing. The ultimate power. The cross of Christ, right? The, the, the cross of Christ and the empty tomb of our Lord. The power that defeated death. The power that defeated death, right? And he was not willing to choose the provision of God over the power of his own hard work. And this broke his heart. Why? Why did this break this young, young guy's heart? Look. Asking for, for sacrifice or being asked for sacrifice reveals our heart. It just does, right? 
right? For the rich young ruler, Jesus asking for a sacrifice revealed his tendency to lean on his own abilities, his tendency to lean on his own strength and his own wealth rather than the provision of God. I follow God, but, but I got this part of my life. I'm, I can rule this part, right? That's what, he's, that's what he's saying. Now, maybe for us or for you, it's something different. And I might step on some toes, so tuck them under your chair. Right? Maybe if I asked you to, to volunteer on a ministry team and sacrifice your time, it, it would reveal just how much you value your own personal time over uh, the spiritual growth of someone else. Right? Maybe if I ask you to invite your neighbor over to the house for uh, some coffee and just to get to know them and, and, and kind, of, kind of be there for them, it would reveal how much you value your own personal space over the chance to introduce someone to the love of Jesus or to, to sow those seeds. Maybe if I said, you know, the fact that you drink wine every night, and there's nothing wrong with drinking wine, right? the fact that you drink wine every night, though, to relax, right? Is not exactly helping your parent and helping you parent and, and foster the, the, the growth of your children well and to raise them in the way that they should go. Right? So maybe you, you should sacrifice that. Right? Well, well that may just if, if that's said to you, maybe that just reveals how much you value hiding from reality over working to face the hard stuff. And maybe it's not wine, maybe it's hiding in video games all night or or in other things. Whatever it is, go on and on. Listen, right? Jesus said that whatever goes into our body, whatever we consume, take in, is not what indicates our relationship with God. That's not what indicates our relationship with God. It, it, It is what comes out of our heart. Right? Well, what comes out of our heart is that it shows the reality of our relationship with God and how we're forging our life on him. And don't get mad at me, right? but, but Jesus said that the, the biggest revealer of the condition of your heart is how and where you use your money. Right? It's just the way it is. And I'm sorry if that upsets you. And if you, if you have emails, just send them to Christina at the Foundry Church. But it's the truth. It's the truth, right? I mean, his exact words were this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. The, the, the Greek word for treasure, it just means money. It literally says, where your money is, there your heart will be also. It's true, right? If you want to know what I love, my bank account will show you what I love, right? If you were to look at Christina and my uh, account, you would see that a lot of Uber Eats are in there, like uh, more than there should be, right? I like food right? Now, if you want to know what I love, right, my bank account will show it to you, right? I used to joke that I was, I was a rich man before I met Christina, right? I had money in the bank before I met Christina, but it's the truth. I love her, so she gets a lot of my money. Where our money goes, so too does our heart. 
And that is why, look, look at this, right? We can not talk about generosity, especially generosity that transforms, changes our lives and the lives of others, and, and how our church can be uh, generous and transforming with that. Right? We cannot talk about generosity without talking about sacrifice. We just can't, right? Because here's the truth. And as soon as I mentioned the sacrifice of money, many of you zoned out. There was a collective pick up the phone, right? And I just said some funny stuff and you missed it because, because of the conversation going on in your head. right? I'm not a mind reader, but, but I think this conversation is going something like this, right? If I give more money to the foundry and to the work that is going on here and the, the work that God is doing in this local outpost of his kingdom, if I give more money here, that means I'm going to have to sacrifice a little bit more of this portion of my money, which, which is for this, and this is important to me, and I don't really want to do that, and you're starting to weigh things. Listen, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm right there with you. Like I said, I really like Uber Eats. Right? It's one of the worst habits I picked up during this whole pandemic. Right? I mean, just brilliant, right? You click a couple buttons and chicken wings are at your door. Right? But Jesus says, if you look at my money, you'll see my heart. And, and church, listen, I don't want to be remembered as the guy who likes chicken wings. I want to be remembered as the guy who really loved Jesus and his church, and he was generous with his time, with his talents, with his money, with them. Right? When you look up generosity in the dictionary, one of the definitions is it will give the virtue, uh, or that, one of the definitions of generosity is it will give is the virtue of being liberal in your giving. Right? Generosity is going above and beyond in giving. Giving more than what is expected and not doing just the, the least required. And I don't know about you, but to be liberal in giving means that I'm going to have to make some sacrifices in something else. Right? You know, as I was researching for this, this series of, of sermons that we're in, I came across a story from one of my favorite preachers, someone who I listen to every, every week. He's a pastor out in, in Colorado. His name is Jim Bergen, and he, he's at a church called Flatirons, and he was talking with another pastor that's pretty influential in our type of churches called Bob Russell, a retired pastor um, from, from Louisville, Kentucky. And, and Jim was telling this story, that, uh, this conversation that he had with Bob Russell, and, and this is what Bob said. He says, uh, <laughs> Uh, they were talking about, about speaking and giving, speaking on giving, and how every preacher just like hates for that series to come up on the calendar, and, and, and sacrifice and all of what we were talking about the last few weeks. And Bob, this retired preacher, says this to Jim. He says, you know what happens when I preach on giving? The number of baptisms always goes up. And you know why, he says? Because money is one of the most important things in our lives. And if we're willing to trust Jesus with our money, why would we hold anything else back from him? Uh, isn't that true? Right? If we're willing to sacrifice one of, if not one of the most important things in our life, why would we hold anything else back? Right? And so the question is this now, right? Are you holding something back? 
Are you holding something back? Well, if you are, here's my challenge to you. Today, do this. This, this, this week, do this. When you're, when you're talking to your spouse later, do this, right? Or, or during your daily time with God later on in the week or even today at lunch, just sometime this week, I want you to ask yourself this question. What am I willing to sacrifice in the temporary for the eternal? Right, what am I I'm willing to sacrifice in the temporary for the success of the eternal? This life is the temporary. Right? We're a part of the kingdom of God. Right? We're part of a kingdom that is eternal. So what am I willing to sacrifice in the temporary for the success of the t- eternal? Listen. If we have learned anything over the past two weeks, it is that anything that we might sacrifice today, money, time, talents, is just temporary. And it's not even ours to begin with. And when we do sacrifice them, we have and are a part of something bigger and better and more powerful than ourselves and our own agendas and our own ways. So many things are temporary. So we have to ask ourselves, what what can I do to invest for the success of the eternal? What am I willing to sacrifice for the success of the kingdom of God in my family's life, in my my community where I live, in the schools that I go to, my kids go to, in the the place that, that I'm a part of, the local church that God has me a part of? How am I going to invest not in the temporary things that those make up, but in the eternal things that are weaved through every environment that we live in. Am I willing to give up some time once a month on a Sunday morning to greet people at the door, to sing on stage, or hold some babies so that others might come to know Jesus and learn more grace or experience more grace and experience more truth? Right? If the answer to that for you is, is yes, then Talk to Kirsten or look at the app and just sign up. Are you willing to give for the first time to to a local church once a month, twice a month, once a quarter, whatever it is? And are you willing to give more than, than you ever have before? And if that's you, make a plan to make it happen. Right? Be intentional. Just ask yourself, what am I willing to sacrifice in the temporary for the success of the eternal? I want to... I want to close today just with this story. All right, it's, uh, it's about Stephen King, the author of like a gazillion books, right? the suspense horror novels. Um, he sold like 350 million copies of his books. That's crazy. Right? And you may not know that 10 years ago, he almost lost his life. He was hit by a, a van as he was walking a, a road uh, late at night. He was hit and he was thrown into a ditch. And he was left there. His legs were so crushed, they thought they were going to have to amputate him. The doctors did. And since that time, they didn't end up amputating him. But uh, since that time, he's become an outspoken advocate for, of all things, generosity. Right? And it's really interesting. And I want to read just a section of a speech that he gave to some graduates at a commencement ceremony. And um, it's, just, it's just really good. He said this. He said, I found out... Uh, what you can't take it with you means. 
Right? He, he found out the true meaning of you can't take it with you means. I found out while I was lying in a ditch at the side of a country road covered with mud and blood and with my tibia of my right leg poking out the side of my jeans. It was like a branch of a tree taken down in a thunderstorm. He's a good writer. <laughs> he said, I had, a, I had a MasterCard in my wallet, but, but when you're lying in a ditch with, a broken glass in, in your, with broken glass in your hair, no one accepts MasterCard. Right? We, we all know that life is very short. But on that particular day and in the months that followed, I got a painfully but extremely valuable look at life's simple backstage truths. We come in naked and broke. We may be dressed up when we go out, but we're just as broke. He says Warren Buffett is going to go out broke. Bill Gates is going out broke. Tom Hanks is going out broke. Stephen King, broke. Not going to be carrying a dime. Right? All the money you earn, all the, the stocks you buy, all the mutual funds you trade, all of, the, of that is mostly just smoke and mirrors. So I want you to consider making your life one long gift to others. One long gift to others. And why not? All you have is on loan anyways. All that, that lasts is what you pass on. We have the power to help, the power to change and why should we refuse? That's even more true when we're a part of the kingdom of God. All right, I'm going to have the band come up and listen, church. I, I talked about sacrifice today because I don't want you to get to the end of your life and have this horrible moment where, where you stop and you look back and you think, man, I lived my life for me. I did everything I wanted to do. I don't want you to get to the end of your life and say, I lived my life just for me. And because of that, I, I missed out on some amazing things that God wanted to do through me. And I don't want that to be said of anybody at the Foundry Church. I don't want it to be said of anyone at the Foundry Church that they focus so much on the temporary that they missed out on the eternal. So let's stand, let's worship our eternal God, the Lord of Lords, the one who calls us to a life that is better and more powerful than we could do on our own. It's an adventure that is greater and wider and longer than anything that we're able to do on our own. That's what he's calling us to, to sacrifice for something better. Let's worship him.